Today's New Testament reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you he will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And our gospel reading is from John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You'll be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. And our psalm for today is Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. 
burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. Amen. Thank you, Art, for reading God's Word. And uh, I asked Art to read because I don't know of a bigger U2 fan than Art. And I actually asked him if he would sing Psalm 40. And all the U2 fans know what I'm talking about. And, um, and then he said no. Um, so I said, can you at least do it in like an Irish accent? And again, he said no. But, uh, but uh, we're going to talk about singing a new song to the Lord, that he is the one that rescues us, lifts us out of the miry clay, and uh, sets our feet upon the rock. So I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out. We're going to look at two of the passages that... Uh, we're just read to us by Art. We're going to look at the gospel reading in John chapter 1 and then obviously Psalm 40. And I'm going to ask you to take out your sermon notes. On the back it is blank and I'd like for you to write down what the Lord is speaking to you. I don't have a lot of points today. We're going to go more verse by verse through things. But there will be some things that uh, you'll want to write down. And again, it's always good to write down what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. As we begin a new year, um, our theme is Pursuing His Presence. Uh, drawing near to the Lord, going after Him in a brand new year. And the thoughts from God's Word today especially um, teach us how to do that, how to pursue His presence. And looking at our, our first gospel reading that, that was read for us in John chapter 1, just taking a, a few of the verses out, it says this, that the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, uh, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? This is the account of the very first two followers of Jesus. These two, one is Andrew, and we assume the other one is John. They are followers of John the Baptist. They've listened to John the Baptist, and they have been following him. And John has been saying for a long time now, Behold the Lamb of God. Every time he saw Jesus pass by, he says, That's the one. That's the anointed one. Don't follow me. Follow him. Behold the Lamb of God. And then finally, it clicks with these two young guys to stop following John and start following Jesus. And what's interesting in the story is that they just start following. They literally just start following Jesus down the road. They don't talk to him. They, don't, they just start following behind him. And then Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? Why are you following me? What's interesting about that question is that that is the top question Jesus asked throughout the Gospels. What do you want? He asked it of these disciples. He asked it of people who come for healings. He, 
right, you should know, you're Jesus, right? They're coming for healing, they're following you, you should know what they want, but no, he always asks them, what do you want? What do you want? I believe Jesus asks us what we, what we want because he wants to always get to the heart. And I believe that today he's asking that, and let me ask you this, do you know what you want from Jesus? What would you say? How would you respond to Jesus this morning if he turned around and said, what do you want? And as you think about that, let me tell you the two guys following him, following him they got the answer right. They gave the correct answer. They said, where are you staying? Which literally means, we just want to be with you. We're going to follow you. And what happens is, the, the gospel tells us, as Art read it to us, that they spent the entire day with Jesus they got to know him, and then their lives were changed, and they went and began to tell others, and others' lives were changed. And so if God ever asked you, what do you want? Just say, I want you. I want to be with you. I want what you want. And I want to tell you, if you ever tell God that, that's the best thing you can say. Just trust me, whatever God wants, that's the best. And what we were taught last week by Steve Sampson was so powerful when he said, stop going through the motions. We stand in a brand new year, a brand new decade, and we're like, okay, we're following God into the brand new decade. We're following Jesus. We're coming to church. We're doing whatever we're supposed to be doing. We're just following you, Jesus. And I think Jesus is turning around and saying, what do you want? Why are you following me? And, and we should always say, God, I want what you want. I want to be with you. And when you say that to God, when you answer that, good things happen in your life. And that's why I want to look at Psalm 40, our other passage for this week, because David was a man after God's own heart. And while David messed up a lot, he always ended up wanting what God wanted. He had a heart after God. And so he cries out to the Lord in this psalm. He says, God, I need your help. And David always needed deliverance. It seemed like there was somebody always after him. His enemies were out to destroy him. King Saul was out to destroy him. There were times his family was out to destroy him. His friends wanted to kill him one time. I mean, he just always had somebody against him. And in this psalm, he's just recalling, God, you've always delivered me. God, you've always been so good to me. And he's recalling his walk with God and having a heart after God. And so we're just going to look verse by verse through this today. And David is just waiting patiently for God to come through for him. And so let's begin at verse 1. It'll be on the screen, but hopefully you have your Bibles open because we're just going to walk verse by verse through this. But Psalm chapter 1, or chapter 40, beginning of verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on the rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you get discouraged? Don't raise your hand. Because we'd all raise our hand, right? We get discouraged sometimes, and David's that way in the psalm, and we feel like David. David says, will you rescue me from the pit, from the mire, 
from the filth? Will you, will you get me, God, out of this moment of despair? And what the enemy is doing, and, and there's an enemy out to get you, out to steal, out to kill, out to destroy. And in this psalm, he's out to steal David's song. And that's why David has to sing, you put a new song in my mouth. I will sing to you a new song. Because the devil is trying to steal his song because he's sitting there in this discouragement, in this mud, in this pit. He knew what despair was like, but he also knew who his God was. And if you look at this psalm, he says, God, I'm going to wait for you because you hear my cry. See, David knew what it was like to wait on the Lord, to wait patiently for the Lord because he knew that God heard him. He said, I know you've heard my cry. And there's something about that that's so powerful because a lot of times we pray and we want God to answer in the next five minutes. Come on, God, I told you about this. I really need this done. Hello, let's go. And David said, I'm going to wait patiently for the Lord because I know that he's heard my cry. And let me tell you, God works on his timetable, not yours. And it's good to be patient. It's good to wait on the Lord because God is doing a good work. He's heard and he is at work. And so this waiting is a process that's actually good for us as we wait because it builds our faith, it builds our trust, and we say, yes, God, I know that you've heard my cry, and so I'm going to wait on you. Because he says to God, David says to God, you're responsible for saving me. You've got to pull me up out of this pit. You've got to get me out of this. You've got to put me on solid ground. Listen, it's God's responsibility not just to save David, but to save you. God will rescue you. He will save you from that discouragement, that destruction, that pit, that mud, that mire. And he will lift you up and he's going to put you on solid ground. He's going to plant you on the rock. God will take care of you just as he took care of David. And just as he changed David, he will change you. I love how David says, you put a new song in my mouth. I love that. You know, sometimes when we get discouraged and we're waiting on the Lord, we just stop worshiping. It's just easier to let the people up front sing. I don't really want to sing, God, you're so good. But there's something powerful that in the midst of discouragement or despair, we sing, God, you're so good. Because you've heard me, and God, you're at work, and God, I put my trust in you. David got his song back, and it's time for us to get our song back. It's time for us to sing a new song to the Lord, to not stay discouraged because we put our hope in a God who's at work for us even when we don't see it. Don't let the devil steal your song. Keep singing. Keep singing a new song to the Lord. Keep lifting your voice to him. Keep praying. Don't give up. Keep just believing. Keep obeying. Keep walking. Because you know what? God's got this. He's got it. He's going to take care of you. He promises that in his word. It may not be according to your timing, but it's according to his. And I want to tell you, he will come through again and again and again. And he will do so much more than you even think he'll do. And so we put our hope in God. We wait patiently on the Lord because he will come through. Give God time. Don't get distracted. Don't lose your song. Sing that new song, that fresh song to the Lord. Don't get just trapped in the same old, same old life and, 
and just go through the motions. Stop going through the motions and sing that new song to the Lord. Don't let the devil rob you. So David cries out to the Lord. In the next set of verses, he realizes that God is going to bless him. It says in verse 4, if you look at it, it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those, or to those who turn aside to false gods. I love this because he's saying, look, God is going to bless me. The one who trusts in the Lord, they're blessed. We already read that from Psalm 84 when the service began. God's going to bless those who trust in him. Those that try to do it on their own or look to other ways, it says, too bad, so sad, it doesn't work that way. But the one who trusts in the Lord, they're the one that's blessed. And I want to tell you that following God, waiting on him, that will lead to blessing in your life. When you wait on him, when you follow him, when you believe him, when you put your trust in him, he will come through with that blessing. One of my favorite quotes comes from Augustine, and it's this, that God is more anxious to bestow his blessings on us than we are to receive them. I believe God wants to bless everybody. I really do. That he's anxious to do that. He wants to do that. But that comes from trusting and obeying. It comes from calling on him and waiting on him. And then his blessings come. It says in Psalm chapter 1, uh, beginning of verse 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Those that trust God, those that love him, those that love his word, those are the ones that he blesses. And I want to tell you, God wants to bless you, but blessing is really a choice, isn't it? I can do things my way or I can do things God's way. God's way leads to supernatural blessing. We see that throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. You do this, you will be blessed. This if-then kind of relationship. If you follow me, if you listen, if you live according to my word, if you love my word, you will be blessed to thousands upon thousands of generations. That blessing is supernatural. It's overwhelming. But if you don't listen, there's a curse that comes. And it's not that God curses you. It's just that you're doing life on your own. And guess what? We live in a sinful world, and a lot of bad things happen. And what it says is that 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 curse falls on up to the fourth generation. What that means is back in that time, in a tent or in a community, there are probably four generations living together in that moment. And so if there is a curse, if you're going to live the way you want to live, guess what? your family's going to be messed up. You're going to be messed up. You want to do things your way? There's a curse that comes. It's not a curse that God rains down on you. It's just a curse that comes when we don't obey God. But if you follow me, if you call to me, if you obey me, if you love me, if you love my word, I'm going to supernaturally bless you to thousands of generations. There's this multiplication of blessing that comes when we obey God. And God wants to bless you. David knew that. David knew that God wanted to bless him, and so he said, I'm going to love you, God. I'm going to love your word. So if we're ever asked, what do you want, God? I want you. I want your word. I want your way. I want what you want. And then as you continue on, this blessing should lead to praise and obedience and giving testimony to the Lord, picking it up at verse 5. It says, many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but my ears 
you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I, here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim the saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. In this passage of Scripture, it begins with worship. He just begins to, to give adoration to God. God, you are so good. You, you've never withheld anything from me. No one compares to you. And, and he, he's just amazed at the goodness of God, the abundant, multiplied blessings that God gives. And he says, God, you, you didn't want me just to come with my offering and my sacrifice. He said, you want me to come with my heart and with obedience. And so, God, you're amazing and you're wonderful. And so I'm just going to obey you. I'm going to listen to your word. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever you desire of me, God, that's what I'm going to do. That's the ultimate offering. That's the ultimate sacrifice, that obedience. And then he says, I'm going to proclaim. I'll testify. I won't be quiet. My lips won't be sealed. I'm going to sing your praise. I'm going to sing that new song. I'm going to tell everybody I know how good you are, God. And I love that in this psalm as he just cries out to the Lord. And then in verse 11, it says, Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. I love that. He says, God, you're always going to take care of me. You're always going to watch out on me. You are faithful. See, the Lord says, I want you to follow me. I want you to obey me. I want you to love me. I want you to do what I've revealed for you to do in my word, and we can trust that God is faithful to keep his promises. Listen, David did. He said, I'm going to wait patiently, Lord, because I know you're going to rescue me. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to call on him and believe that he keeps his promises because God will come through for you. That's the heart of our father, a good father toward his children, that his blessings will come. And all we're called to do is just trust and obey him. Just trust and obey him. That's what we're called to do. It's that simple. But yet it's hard, isn't it, to follow God sometimes? It's hard because it's like, okay, I, I feel like every day I, I, I've got to walk in love. I've got to walk in love with my spouse and with my kids and with my siblings and at work and at school. And I've got to do this and I've got to, and it's just, oh, it's so hard to, to trust and obey and follow God. How many of you remember the movie The Karate Kid? came out when I was in high school, so all us Gen X people, we, we remember the Karate Kid, right? I know there's a newer version, I never saw it, but there, that old version, when, when young Daniel moves to the new town, and uh, he's getting bullied, and so he's going to learn karate, right? Who's he going to learn it from? Mr. Miyagi, right? And so he goes to, to learn Karate, because he wants to defend himself. He wants to be the strongest. He wants to beat everybody up. And so he goes to learn, and, he says, and so the master is going to train the student. And so what does he have him do? Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And then he's painting, remember? He's painting. Oh, you know, and, and, and he's getting frustrated, right? Well, I want to learn karate. Wax on, wax off. Paint the fence. I want to, I want to, and he, keep, he gets so frustrated just being obedient to Mr. Miyagi until one day he learns that that obedience is actually training him to fight. And, and sometimes with God, we're like, God, why do I have to obey you in these things? Everybody around me, nobody else is obeying you, God. No one else is being nice. 
Why do I have to be nice? You know, why, why do I have to love when no one else, why do I, you know, and just, and just, God's just saying, trust me, obey me, wax on, wax off, paint the fence. You know, God, God's saying, just trust, just obey, because victory comes through obedience. Victory came to young Daniel because he was obedient to his master, his trainer, and he ultimately won. And when you are obedient to God, you will win. You will see the goodness of the Lord. You will see him at work inside of your life. And so we end with the question, what do you want? What do you want? I don't know about you, but I want to, that heart like David had, just that heart after God, I I want your presence, Lord. I think that's what we've been talking about, pursuing his presence. If Jesus just said, okay, why are you following me into a new day, a new decade, a a new year? What do you want? I just want you, Jesus. I just want what you want. I just want to follow you. I just want to know you. I just want to be close to you. So I think that's the great answer, but how do we do this? I'll just give you three things before we go. You can write them down. I'll talk about each of them, but here they are. How do you know what God wants for your life? Prayer, his word, and community. When we say, God, I want what you want, here's our first prayer. Whenever you come to God, God say, not my will, but thine be done. God, I know I think I have this figured out, but I think your way is going to be better than my way. So God, whatever you want, that's what I want. How do you know what he wants? Well, that's what's in his word. But before we get there, let me give you one more prayer to pray. And it's a prayer that Steve Sampson taught us a a while back, but it's one of my favorite prayers, is that when you wake up and you, you go to God in prayer, don't start talking to him about what you need. Just say, God, what's on your mind today? Who's on your mind today? And allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring things to your mind, your heart, to your inner person. And God will just begin to reveal to him, to you what's on his heart, what's on his mind. And so just say, God, what's on your mind today? And I believe that, that that's one great way to say, God, I just want what you want. So through that prayer, but how do we know what God wants? Well, through his word. We know what we're called to do through his word. We don't have to guess at what makes God happy. We don't have to guess at what he's asking us to do as followers. We just look at his word. He tells us in his word exactly what he wants us to do. And that's what I love about listening to God's Word. That's what I love about reading God's Word. That's what I love about devotionals, like a devotional that we have at church, or, or just, you know, maybe you listen to the Bible on, on, on an app on your phone, or you read God's Word every day. You have a Bible reading plan or something, but that we get God's Word in our heart, that somehow we know exactly what we're called to do. So how do you know what's on God's heart? How do you know what He wants? Read His Word. He'll tell you exactly what He wants you to know. And then finally, community. We learn best when we do it together. See, when God saved you, he made you a part of his family, but you weren't made a part of his family just to be orphaned and all by yourself. You're meant to be in church. You're meant to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. And again, so that's why we gather together on Sundays and on on Saturday nights, and we gather together and we open God's word and and, and, and we, we hear the heart of God through his word but that's also why we have small groups. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have prayer groups. We, we have those so that we can be strong together. That we can get God's heart together. That we can serve one another as God would serve. And we can love as God would love. And so we do that together. Listen, 
It's time to trust and obey God. Listen, it's time to get your song back. It's time to sing again. No matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, it's time to worship again. It's time to wait on him because he's going to come through for you. Amen? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? We're going to just sing that again, that, that chorus, God, you are so good. But with your head bowed, your eyes closed, just a, a quiet moment with God. I just, I just want you to stop going through the motions. We're going to leave in a couple minutes here, but just in the, the quietness of this moment and in the moment when we worship, just, just stop going through the motions and imagine Jesus saying, what do you want? God wants to get to the heart. And we want what he wants. We want you, Jesus. We just want to follow you. Just like those two young men. We just want to spend time with you. We want to know you. Because God, you are so good. You are so faithful. Your love is so strong. So Lord, we'll sing a new song to you this morning. It's an old song, but for some of us, it's going to be a fresh song. God, you are so good. Let's sing it together. God.